Welcome to Inside the Bradfield Centre. I'm James Parton, Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre. And I'm Adelina Chalmers. I'm known as the Geek Whisperer. I help engineers decode people. Joining us on today's episode is Kate Rhodes, who's the Accountant Executive at S-Tech Insurance. I'm really looking forward to hearing what Kate has to say about key mistakes that people make when they get um, business insurance, public liability insurance, or um, even professional indemnity claims. I'd be very interested to hear more about that. Yeah, I just generally want to up-level my knowledge on insurance. I mean, you know, I'm sure like many people have insurance for my business, but because I have to. So, you know, I think just demystifying it, learning more about it uh, is going to be a really interesting episode. Kate, welcome inside the Bradfield Centre podcast. Hi there. Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your background, please. Okay, so I'm a commercial insurance broker. Work for a company called S-Tech. Now I'm Manchester born and bred, but I've been down here in Cambridge for 21 years now. So probably down in Cambridge longer than I was up north. So I think I've converted. (laughs) Um, And of course the climate's better down here. So uh, (laughs) I I don't miss the rain in Manchester. Well, you certainly live now in the driest part of the UK, apparently. That's what Cambridge really? is. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're lucky sods. I've learned something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, tell us a little bit more about STEC. What do you guys do? Okay, so we're independent insurance brokers based here in Cambridge. Founded in 1982 by our current managing director, Sean Walker. Because of where we are, a lot of what we do is in the technology space, yeah. life science. We do an awful lot of work with startups. Um, We do everything from individual policies for, you know, cars, home, all the way through to global insurance programs for large corporate customers. Um, We have four divisions, corporate insurance, personal lines, house, car, travel, credit insurance, which is quite unique. We're one of only a handful of brokers in the UK that do that. So essentially the insuring of bad debts. And I think the most important thing, certainly from our customer's point of view, is that we have a, a claims team who are in your corner can you tell us some specific products that you offer to tech startups, which are the main audience for? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about startup companies is they don't want to be spending their hard-earned grant or funding money on a whole range of insurance policies. So from our point of view, we like to get involved right at the very beginning of their journey. We like to hold their hand through the process. And it's important that they have a policy that's flexible, that will grow with them as they grow. And it may be initially that they just need the covers to keep them legal. So combined liability, so employers' liability and public liability. If they're getting investment from third parties, they may be being asked to hold key person insurance, directors and officers cover. Again, we can assist with that. And then we can tailor whatever we put in place as and when it's needed. As they grow, they get more funding in. Perhaps they're considering clinical trials or they're entering into commercial contracts We can then start talking about things like professional indemnity insurance, clinical trials policies. We can look at um, intellectual property protection because, of course, that's a big thing, especially with the ideas in and around Cambridge. Everybody, uh, I think, in the past has been focused on protection if they breach somebody else's intellectual property. 
But actually, almost as important is your own intellectual property. Right. And how you would protect that intellectual property should somebody copy your idea. So again, we can we can look at that cover. Yeah, it, I mean, maybe it's just a gap in my knowledge, but it strikes me it's not an area that gets a lot of airtime in terms of, you know, when you think about the journey an entrepreneur goes through and all of the stuff they have to do to set up a company, mm-hmm. you don't hear insurance being talked about a lot in that kind of conversation. No, insurance is always the last thought, generally. And it's usually when somebody asks them under contract or have you got this insurance, then that's what starts them thinking about it. Um, But it isn't necessarily evil. You do have to have it. And, you know, from an insurance broker's point of view, we see the claims. We see the claims being dealt with. And actually, sometimes it's the difference between a company surviving and a company not. And I get the sense that you guys are kind of approachable and, you know, you'll have a conversation with people to help them, you know, kind of demystify the whole thing. Absolutely, we will. Yeah, absolutely, we will. Like I say, we like to be involved from the very beginning. We can give pointers. We can give direction. You know, we can, if you've got commercial insurances already in place, we can review them. We can look. We can advise on any gaps in cover, what we think you should be considering. We, you know, we do that a lot. And I think unlike other brokers, perhaps... um, startups are we like I say we like to be involved right from the very beginning in that we meet several times a year this is a fast-paced ever-changing part of the industry and you can't you know some insurance brokers don't speak to their clients from one year to the next you know yeah. they make contact at renewal by which point things have changed so dramatically the risk is totally different so I think from our point of view it's really really important that we stay in constant contact with those startups so that their insurance program fits with what they're doing. It doesn't get out of date. So, so you know, picking up that comment about it's fast moving and changes, mm-hmm. how, I mean, obviously this 2020 has been a very strange year. So how how has COVID affected, you know, the kind of yeah. insurance world? And, you know, is there anything that you guys have been doing to help startups through that process? Yeah, COVID is a tricky one. Um, I think it's fair to say that nobody expected to be in the middle of a global pandemic and I think the insurance industry are part of that you know the reality is the insurance industry can't pick up all the business interruption claims from COVID-19 it'll go bankrupt itself Mm. and I think that you know the reality is a lot of policy wordings that we've looked at over the last six months the cover isn't there so what we've had to do is sort of work with clients um, really on what they can do to sort of protect themselves what they can do cover wise in terms of you know if they're having to make hard decisions what they can drop what they can alter around their insurance programs and if there is an element of cover somewhere then of course we've we've worked with clients to try and get claims through mm. but i think the reality is most policy wordings aren't picking it up so can i ask you what would you say are the top three mistakes um, startup companies make when it comes to not thinking about insurance or thinking about insurance but getting the wrong type of insurance? Um, I think the temptation is sometimes to go into an online system and try and make your business fit in one of these horrible drop-down boxes. Um, we see a lot of um, policies that are done direct with an insurer where you know they pick a, a let's say, a profession as IT and they think it's, that's okay because I'm in the technology space, IT works for us. And actually, you look into the wording, the devil is always in the detail with these things. It's only when you read through the policy conditions, exclusions, that you actually realise that 
potentially what you're doing is in a whole list of exclusions at the back of a 90-page policy wording. It's always better to get independent advice. You wouldn't try and write your own legal contracts yourselves. You'd use the advice of a lawyer. You wouldn't do your books yourself unless you were very good at the old maths. You'd use an accountant, and insurance is no different. And I think the other thing is if you go direct to one insurer, that's the only products they can offer you. They're one product. An insurance broker has access to a whole range of insurers, and a whole range of products. So therefore, you can tailor things that are more suitable rather than just relying on an off-the-shelf. And it doesn't necessarily mean there has to be a bigger cost to that. And again, there's no point buying a policy that isn't going to respond to claims. Mm, Absolutely. You may as well not bother. So, so, I mean, you guys have been part of the Bradfield community since we opened, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you've worked with... I guess pretty much at all of the companies that have come out of the kind of Cambridge ecosystem over the last 20 years. Yeah. I, I think mean, you've got some kind of standouts or, you know, or how do you kind of work broadly across the Cambridge ecosystem and support it? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we've sort of grown as the, the Cambridge ecosystem has grown. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the big success stories around Cambridge we've been involved with since day one. Um, and now they're, you know, major clients and major customers of ours. I think, you know, we're talking about big ideas that could change the world. And the nice thing about Cambridge is the support network that's around as well. It's not just about the bright ideas, but it's, you know, it's the funding that you get. It's the support from the universities, the access to VCs, business angels, support services like us, providing insurance. You've got the patent lawyers. Everybody's in that bubble to make that process easier and I think from an insurance broker's point of view our biggest challenge is actually getting an insurer to understand these emerging risks these emerging technologies right sometimes it's quite alien if you've got an underwriter who sat I don't know I don't want to be I'm a northerner myself but in the north of England who's dealing with traditional types of business to then put a presentation for an emerging risk for instance you know autonomous vehicles You've then got to get across to them what it is they're covering, what the risk is. You've got to keep them reasonable because I think, you know, sometimes the reaction is new technology, big premiums. No, no, no. You know. So I guess you've got that burden of education on both sides of the coin. Absolutely. So you're educating the underwriters and the the entrepreneurs uh, and actually the need for the insurance in the first Mm -hmm. place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Would you mind giving us an example of, um, you know, a tech startup with perhaps emerging technology? having to make a claim and discovering they're not actually covered or, you know, any kind of like classic mistake that people have made and, and how badly that ended or how well it ended because they worked with you. I'd just be interested to to hear some real war stories, as you were, on, 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 on how people can get it wrong or right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some of the the most challenging covers that we do are around professional indemnity insurance and directors and officers. The claims tend to be quite big and they tend to be quite complex. And I think there's always a misconception that insurance covers everything. And the reality is it doesn't. We've had claims where um, companies have gotten into a dispute with a supplier. So somebody they've gone into either as a joint venture or um, with the supplier who's providing services to them. And they actually think that if something goes wrong in that relationship, that that's professional indemnity. So it's a big misconception. In actual fact, it's not. The professional indemnity insurance is all about the relationship that you have with your customers. So I think sometimes clients believe that they can enter into things knowing that 
you know, oh, I'm not going to worry about it because my insurance policy is going to pick that up. Yeah. It can't be the catch-all. But if we know about the agreements that you're entering into, be it with customers, with suppliers, we can make sure that insurance programs are sort of tailored to catch all those. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people have, you know, that's, I guess, one area where we do see people fall foul of insurance where they haven't, you know, brought to the attention of the, the contracts that are entering into. Um, a big part of what we do is checking insurance clauses in contracts. Right, okay. Um, just to make sure, you know, insurers like to see, you know, that you're capping your liability. You know, it's very easy if somebody's offering you a big check with a contract that says, yeah, great, we'll go into this, but our, our liability is unlimited. You'll never get an insurer given unlimited liability. So it's, it's about under, claims generally get turned down because there's been a lack of understanding somewhere. Okay. So the point is, by using a broker right from the off, you shouldn't have those complications. Okay. So so we've talked a little bit about the fact that you guys are, you know, are there for advice and Mm -hmm. guidance. We're obviously, you know, partnering together. And the the great news is Bradfield members get 10% off. That's right. Um, So, you know, I'm a Bradfield Centre member. How Mm -hmm. do I get in touch? How do I take advantage of the the discount and all those kinds of things? You know, how does that work? Yep. So all the contact details for everybody at STEX on the website. By all means, use me. I'm happy to talk to anybody, as you know. <laughs> Lucy, uh, who's with us, she's, um, she's in charge of relationships for Tech, so she'll manage the relationship with you guys. So again, get in touch with Lucy. But honestly, you know, you could ring anybody in our office and say, look, we're Bradfield Centre members and, and we want the discount. They'll know what we're talking about. Just to pause the conversation a second and tell you a little bit more about the changes we're making at the Bradfield Centre, we now offer a whole range of new flexible membership packages which support homeworkers, hybrid homeworking blended with access to high quality office space and meeting room hire by the hour. Starting from as little as £45 per month, visit bradfieldcentre.com for more information or call 01223 919 600. So why do you think the Cambridge ecosystem is so special and how, how does your company support it? Again, I think it's, it's the ideas coming out of it. Mm. It's, it's such an exciting place to be. And I think I, I go back to it's, it's the rest of the system around it, around those ideas. It's being able to access the right people to get what is a good concept through to commercialisation. And I think Cambridge has that. It's the knowledge so, I mean, I certainly learned a lot. Like I say, I mean, it, it was an area that I had a kind of limited understanding. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I think, you know, you coming on and getting involved with the podcast is fantastic because it just builds that awareness, you Thank know, you. with the with the kind of community that's listening to the to the podcast and, and, and our members, you know, mm-hmm. of the Bradfield Centre. So, you know, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you you'd kind of like to promote or is there, you know, any, any, we talked a little bit about the kind of the offer for, mm-hmm. for Bradfield members, but, you know, what, yeah, what would, what I mean, would be I your kind of message? Just talk to us. We, yeah. you know, we're open to doing free reviews where you have insurance policies already in place. You know, by all means, get in contact. Happy to look through what you've already got, give you some guidance, some advice. It may be what you've got is perfectly adequate, in which case we'd tell you so. Mm. But it might be we look at it and think, oh, actually, you've got a gap here or you just might want to consider this. And again, new businesses, ring us. Even if you're at the very early stages, yeah, we can just point, provide actually. some general advice yeah. what, for what, you to think about. And then it may be that you come back to us in six months, 12 months, yeah. 18 months when you're ready to talk about insurance. But at least you'll sort of have started the process and be thinking about it. Yeah. So early stage 
is it at the point where you're forming a company or even when you've just got an idea? Even when you've just got an idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all those things you have to think about, isn't it, when you're, yeah. you're forming a company, you know, and, and I think insurance, like I say, sometimes gets lost, but it, it's important. What's the smallest size company you deal with then? Oh, teeny tiny, you know, one-man bands. Um, I mean, we don't have minimum premiums, but I think, you know, we've got clients who pay £80 a year for their insurance. We have clients that pay £800,000 a year for their insurances, you know, and everything in between. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, it's important, like I say, especially with the startups, that what you do have, one, the cover's right, two, you're with an insurer that's going to deal with a claim if anything happens, and then it's cost-effective. You don't, like I say, you don't want to be spending your grant or your funding on insurance premiums. In companies where they have like 20, 30 staff, mm-hmm. what's the typical person who comes to you? Is it the office manager or yeah, who, that's who a, are that's the, an the classic one. person that you yeah. speak to? Because obviously, if it's a one-man band, it's a business owner. But yes. if, it's, if it's a 15, 20, 30 people company, who, who, who's the person you deal with? It's funny, isn't it? That's kind of it's different each organisation. So sometimes you'll find that the HR division takes responsibility for the insurances quite often it's the finance director or the financial controller sometimes it's the managing director it does differ and I think it's almost easier with a smaller organization because everybody knows what's going on sometimes organizations get so big that we actually get to the point of saying look you need to form an insurance committee and everybody goes what but because you know insurance gets involved with so many different elements of the business so it does get involved with finance it does get involved with HR it does get involved with you know the day-to-day management everybody needs to be involved so once you get to a certain size it's Mm. important that every division has their say and what size is that when they have to have an insurance committee um I would say once they get to sort of 100 plus employees again it depends on what sector they're in mm-hmm. um because i presume when you take into account the contracts they have the partners yeah, they have the yeah, suppliers again, they have uh, you know legal legal teams again are yeah. uh, you know in-house legals that's another area who generally deal with the insurances so mm. yeah so maybe we have one client but we might speak to four different people within mm. that client mm. um, and sometimes they don't talk to each other <laughs> and that's kind of our job as well so, uh, and do you find most people come to you for insurance just because one of their one of their customers has asked them as part of their contract to have insurance rather than because they thought, oh, I need to insure myself against this? That's usually what Is that like 95, 99 yes. cents? Yes, yeah. somebody under contract saying you've got to hold this cover and you've got to have this limit and it's got to be. And I think the other thing that's really important is reputable insurer. You know, there's a lot of insurance companies out there. You want to make sure that they've got good financial sounds and and they're the types of insurers mm. that we deal with so yeah. mm, that's interesting yeah i mean that the hot thing that we're seeing at the moment is requests for cyber insurance right and and quite often contracts will just say you must have cyber insurance and it's like well that's okay but what part of cyber insurance do you want them to hold mm. it's so it's such a complex subject mm. so quite often we end up delving further mm-hmm. well what do you mean what's fit for purpose what's fit for purpose what do you want yeah. them to hold so insurance is oh, such a geek but it's like, <laughs> insurance is really a exciting geek on insurance, I, know, I, like it. I know i really love the industry and i'm really passionate about I it i can and tell think, you know well, we don't promote the good things enough you know you hear the horror stories but you don't hear the good yeah. things that yeah. we do and it's one of those weird areas where you have experience of insurance from a, a consumer perspective yes. but not maybe a business perspective that's it it's, and you you bring all of that prejudice with you don't yes. you and that baggage yeah, you do and i get that people don't like pay i've paid my car insurance this morning mm. and i hated it I was like, oh, 
the 600 quid I could have spent on Christmas. Mm. So I get, I get that's how yeah. most people feel about insurance. But, you know, we see the claims. Um, we see the impact that claims have on clients. Some claims can be really, really personal. Mm. Um, if you think about, you know, the cyber at the moment, so the social engineering claims that we're seeing, so the phishing risks. Right. So there's a very human aspect to that because normally it involves an employee who's under pressure, under stress, has got an email purporting to be from the CFO saying, I need a payment made to this bank account. It has to be before five o'clock, otherwise we're going to lose this order. It's all my fault. Can you process it? They click on the link, they pay the money, they go home, they get into the house and think, oh my God, I didn't check that. Was that genuine? And the money's gone. And it's all right having insurance to sort of pick up that risk, but the personal aspect, how that individual feels, Mm. they've made that mistake. You know, at least if you've got insurance covering, you know you're going to get the money back. And a lot of times the cover's not, you know, if the cover's not there, you've then got an individual who's just cost the company anywhere, you know, could be Mm. £50,000 upwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Claims are are interesting, really Mm. interesting. We'll have to get you back. Um, I don't like clients. <laughs> I don't like clients having claims. Of course, I don't. Um, but it justifies what we do. Well, I guess you learn and iterate from everything you see as well, right? Mm-hmm. So you just it improves your offer yeah. by the claims that you deal with. I guess absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as a broker, you also get see the claims that are being made. You don't just broker insurance for people oh no i mean from our point of view claims is such an important aspect we would never let an insurer loose on our clients so if there's loss adjusters claims calls surveys to be done we're always there we're the first point of call so Mm -hmm. we'll help with the you know putting together the claims documentation we'll take clients all the way through the claims process we hold their hands very much in the same way we do when we're we're providing Mm -hmm. quotes and providing cover um, and I think, you know, going back to the, if you deal direct with an insurer, your claim is being handled by the insurer. They're going to be in the insurer's corner. Whereas yeah. if you've got a broker, you've got somebody there in your corner. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody who's experienced, who knows how to challenge policy wordings. Mm-hmm. You know, we see claims that do initially get declined. And quite right. often we go, no, hang on, you haven't thought about this in the policy awareness. We push back on those, right. you know. So I think having a broker is really important. Well, I would say that. But, mm. you know, for that reason, I think really, really important. Mm. No, that's really that's interesting. That's been an eye-opener, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Total eye-opener completely. Well, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you've got absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain by getting in touch. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the free consultations. Yes. And uh, yeah. it sounds like you guys can solve a lot of problems for yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Oh, I mean, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. No, thank you thank for you. having me. talking to you and lovely seeing your passion for it as well. It's not, <laughs> it's not something I thought I would ever get passionate about, but that, that was quite, uh, yeah. yeah, really, um, really got me interested, actually, I have to say. Yeah, it was very interesting. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank really you very much. Really what you had to say. Thank you. Fascinating to hear how professional indemnity insurance um, and claims do not cover suppliers or partners, but only customers. And that, that was really interesting because people think, imagine they will cover everything if you have that to tick all the boxes, but actually doesn't. It was very interesting for me to hear this as well, because I also have professional indemnity insurance um, and I hadn't realized there's a caveat to it. But the other thing that was interesting was... Um, I loved it when she said people are trying to fit their business into the drop-down menu of an online 
insurance system um, and there's exclusions they don't realize. And I thought that was brilliant as well because, um, yes, that's exactly what I do and I'm sure many people like myself will tick a box. Our customer requested we have a sort of insurance so we just go online, get the quickest quote we can yeah. and that's it. Don't want to talk to anyone, just simple, but actually yep. you could be making a huge mistake. Yep. And I think that's how I'd just end it. It's kind of like uh, you've got a bunch of experts offering free advice, so why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Thank you so much to Kate Rhodes for coming onto the show and also thank you to Carl Homer of Cambridge TV for producing the show. You can listen to previous episodes by searching for Inside the Bradfield Centre on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher or Amazon Music or by visiting bradfieldcentre.com. Mm-hmm.